0: again everyone for joining us this is our first let me get situated here our first class evening class in a little while of our 12 series uh, 12 cottage meeting series my name is julene jackson and i have been with mom for america moms for america moms for america for over and i am their uh, senior instructor i'm delighted to be here moms for america our whole premise is Liberty Begins at Home. Welcome to my home. If you see me during the day, I I see a different side of my home. I always like to have one of our founding fathers or mothers with us. We've got George Washington with us tonight. He's looking over uh, on my shoulder and I know he is so pleased at this gathering of um, seeking mothers and grandmothers. The whole idea of gathering together uh, in a cottage meeting setting uh, is so that mothers, women, grandmothers can come together and share experiences and to teach one another and to learn these principles of liberty and freedom and these great stories and miracles of America. And it's the most natural thing in the world when mama learns something to go home and to teach those that she loves the most to, to turn as Debbie said, to turn not only to God, but turn to those we love and to teach them what we are learning. When the mother and grandmother understands uh, the constitution and reverences our founding fathers and mothers, so will her posterity. When a mama knows, her children will know. And if we aren't teaching them these things nowadays, who will, you know, we we used to maybe think that we could send our children off to school or to the universities or to even the churches and they would come home learning the things that they need to arm them up. But we know that's not the case anymore. And so we are gathering together in these cottage meetings all around the country. And it's so exciting. I will share with you over the course of the next 12 weeks that we're going to be together every Thursday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I live in Washington, D.C., actually just about a half a mile from the D.C. Maryland line. It takes me about 15 minutes to get into the White House. Let's see our first slide, and then we'll go into our second slide. This is a beautiful time of year in Washington, D.C. The whole city is just a, a bloom with a, a popcorn popping on the Apricot tree, I like to say, blooms everywhere. Let's see the next slide. In Washington D.C., there's the blooms are still um, here. We are are still out. They're starting to kind of uh, spray spray our, my front yard here. There's the a little a poke of the Washington Monument. My friend sent me that the other day. I thought that was so pretty. I have attended cottage meetings or taught them for over a decade now. So I have seen firsthand the difference a cottage meeting has made within my home, within My heart within my marriage, even, and certainly the way that I began to teach my children differently when I began to learn what I did with um, mamas in my communities and neighborhoods. And since COVID, we started teaching these cottage meetings online, and we've had such success that we continue to teach them online. And it's so wonderful now to have mamas from all over the country. In fact, would you please um, put uh, the town and um, state that you're from in the chat right now so we can see uh, the different parts of the country that we're coming from tonight. And I, I mostly want you to know that you're not alone, that you know some of the worries and the concerns that you share a lot of mothers in America share. Sometimes I think we think, am I the only one that thinks the world is upside down? And I you will be very reassured to know over the course of the next weeks and months as we gather together, that there's a lot of like-minded mamas uh, like you and, and that will empower you and that will give you faith and confidence in our future, knowing that there's a lot of women and mothers uh, like us. So this is my family, let me uh, see the next slide. I have birthed uh, seven babies, two little boys died in infancy, they're in the heavens, I always say they're my favorites, but these are my five very wild and alive children and uh, one son-in-law, this was last May, so not quite a year ago, uh, one of our boys said he wanted to take us all to Hawaii. And who was I to say no? So we had a wonderful time. It's not often that all the kids are together. Four out of the five children have flown the coop. We've got uh, our married daughter, who's a working professional. And then the the boy, he had blonde hair for the summer. It's back to his natural color. But he is a professional athlete. that has been in the NBA for six years. And um, and then our daughter, 23-year-old daughter, is soon to graduate in about three weeks from her uh, University of Utah, and then the boy standing next to me is serving a church mission. Will be uh, out another year, and so he is um, walking the dusty roads of Las Vegas, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we get to talk to him once a week, and very proud of him and what he's doing because it's not easy <laughs> in this world. And then we have a freshman. Uh, little Mary Alice, or Marie, she's 15, and she attends an all-girl Catholic school, which I feel so blessed for her to be able to go to a school where they actually talk about God and pray to God. So you are going to, by the end of our series, know my children a lot. I want you to know that everything that I will teach, I have tried out on them. They have been my guinea pigs for years. So let's see the next slide. My husband and I are, uh, this is Al Jackson, we've been married for 30 years. Sometimes people don't always put us together throughout the 30 years, but that is my man. I know we don't look like we're like we're matched, but I think we're like perfectly matched for each other. Uh, it's uh, it's been a, a wonderful joy uh, to be able to walk the last 30 years of my life with him, and we've born seven children, five alive. It's exhausting work, as you all know raising up this next generation of patriots in today's world. And to be honest with you, it is usually the mama. It was me who first woke up to what our children were being exposed to in the schools and on social media and through their friend groups. And so I like to say I had to gently put my foot in my husband's behind and wake him up, not woke, but wake him up. And, you know, even then it took him a few years to really understand, you know, why I needed him to be right by my shoulder teaching uh, these things to our children. But eventually he did come around. So this is something we will talk about in our cottage meetings is sometimes our husbands are content to just let us, you know, teach the children to love America and to understand and revere the founding uh, principles of this nation. But we need our men on board, too. So I always say be patient. With our men, pray over them. Sometimes as women, we just need to be a quiet force and an example for a time in the home. But uh, I will share some stories about how I initially began to teach certain things to my children. And eventually my husband, uh, got on board and he is so on board now. And so I'll share with you some of the things that he's gone on to do in this freedom movement, so to speak. Okay, let's see the next slide. This is the cottage meeting resource guide and this is will be a great tool. This is the manual that we're going to take our 12 lessons from with all the supplemental materials that I will reference in class each week. It's, it would be great if you wanted to read the lesson ahead of time. So you're familiar a little bit with the, the ideas that we will be discussing, but if not just come to class know that it will be a valuable resource that I really would recommend to you. I think you can get it for $35 on our Moms for America store with a little discount code. But I have used this guide for years. I have pulled this guide on my, pajama, uh, my lap with my pajamas on in the early morning when we would have our little family devotionals. The book is chock full of stories and articles and suggested, book, suggested books to study or read for little children, middle children, adult children. There's quotes, there's video links, there's scriptures, all, all there to help you teach the love of liberty to your children. And um, If you turn to, if you have it now. And and I believe you can also get this, as the digital content for $15 as well. I just love an old school book where I can mark it up. But if you'll turn to the table of contents in the beginning of the manual, you'll see it it kind of explains the what, the whens, the whys and the hows behind what a cottage meeting is. And I would recommend reading that little section, but it also includes the 12 introductory lessons. The first lesson that we're um, going to have Uh, that we'll discuss today is Anchored in Hope. Next week, there's no place like home. Within the four walls of our home is where we'll do our most important work. Ladies first, educate the women, then men will be educated. Lessons four, five, and six teach us how to teach our children the foundation of faith that this nation was uh, established on, the valor of virtue, the power of uh, patriotism uh, lesson number seven is just chuck full of stories to teach your children to love America lesson eight is teaching your children Liberty through a poetry music uh, art uh let's see I'm forgetting literature poetry music art there you go uh, at number nine a time to sew that's primarily the importance of the dinner hour and home management programs number ten is teaching it's called the wheat Chat. How to teach your children the constitution how to break it down in in, in easy enjoyable ways for them to understand and reverence you know this great document lesson number 11 will be the law of harvest teaching principles of self-reliance and 12 raising up the next generation of patriots the cottage meeting project really is a simple program but with profound results because it focuses on the home and begins with the very, and, and isn't that the heart of America? And it not only focuses on the home, but it focuses on the mama and her role in that home. You know, when they say the hand that rocks the cradle, rules the world, it's it's not a cute saying. I really do believe it's an indisputable fact that the mothers and the grandmothers of our country is who will mold its citizens and determine its institutions and shape its destiny. And I believe with all my heart, there is no person that has greater influence on our society than a mother, and that there is no uh, place that has greater influence than the home. And that is exactly why the Cottage Meeting Project is so successful in creating this foundation of liberty, because it begins with women and it is centered in the home. I think we would, most of us might say the person that has had the most impact on our life was a woman It might be your mother it might be your grandmother it was my mother then it was my grandmother then my sisters and my aunties uh, we at moms from america we know from experience that as you participate in this program you will gain a wealth of knowledge and understanding that will infuse you with hope and with direction and um I can say I know this firsthand because I have been attending these cottage meetings. Like I said, uh, let's see the next slide. For um, uh, over, over a decade, uh, about 15 years ago, probably almost 15 years ago, let's see that, that slide. About 15 years ago, we moved from the Washington DC area to a place called Hood River, Oregon. And it was, it's a small um, town along the Columbia Gorge, and our five children, our oldest was in high school at the time with our little baby, uh, a toddler there. And some of the moms in that uh, town began to get very concerned about what was being taught. This was 15 years ago uh, in the middle schools and the high schools, and it's just uh, not much has changed because I know that today we're still even more concerned with critical race theory and aggressive sex ed curriculum, anti-American curriculum, the drag queens, the pronouns, the explicit books in the library. We have a whole host of things to be worried about when we send our children off to school each day. So uh, there was a mom in that little hood river town one day that was watching Glenn Beck and he held up a book called the 5,000 year leap. And he said, mothers, you need to start a book group. You need to study these principles and you need to go home and teach them to your children. And so that's what happened. We started a little book group. Once a month we'd get together about uh, five or six mothers. And we'd study just a few of these principles. There's 28 principles. And then inevitably we went home and we began to teach them to our children. Some mamas taught them to their kids over the dinner hours. Some taught them before they put their kids to bed at night. I taught my children these principles of liberty and these stories in the morning because we had all, all, always had a little morning devotional where we would read a little bit of the Bible, we'd sing a little gospel song, we'd kneel in prayer, and then we'd get the kids off. So as I began to learn these ideas and these stories, I began to weave them into our family devotional. Let's see that next slide there. And so here's a picture of kind of how it would look like. We'd read scripture and then mama would teach them a principle of liberty. And I had a flip chart and I'd sometimes write the principles on the flip chart. And and then a few years later, I would move to Utah and I started a little cottage meeting in my neighborhood then. Let's see that next slide. And these women, 10 years later, they meet every week. They wanted to meet every week every Wednesday from 9 30 to 11 30. And if I had a whole hour to tell you the changes that have occurred in those women's lives and uh, the changes in their uh, marriages, in their uh, schools and communities that their children go to, and even the changes that have been made at the state and national level by these little, you know, humble group of mamas coming together every week, these women meet, they give, they gave themselves the name called Sisters of Liberty. And I always say, hey, if you're gonna meet as a group, give yourself a fun name. And so they're known as the Sisters of Liberty. They've gone on to write books, host a radio show, host podcasts, they've run for office, they've held office, they've written books. Some have brought their kids home and homeschooled. Uh, And inevitably once a month, they have a speaker come and speak to the group. They have had almost every candidate that's run for local office, school board, community leaders, Uh, Even people that have run for the governor gubernatorial candidates and uh, congressional candidates have come and spoken to this group. And I've I've been there when they have sent the the speaker off with a pocket constitution or a 5,000 year lead because they didn't seem to be as steeped in the founder's wisdom as they should be for running for office and certainly weren't as versed as some of those mamas that would grill them. So the relationships that have been established through these cottage meetings, thank you. I'm still friends with the mamas that I met with in Oregon and, and in Utah, because as you gather together, you um, learn each other's stories, you learn about each other's families, and you become dear friends, and uh, it's, it's a sweet experience. So, as I travel around the country for Moms for America, and I've been a part of the Cottage Meeting Project with Moms for America, I've seen these cottage meetings form all around the nation and it strengthens, I've seen how it strengthens the woman, the family, the community, and how it creates networks of freedom and virtue in pockets of liberty around these communities. Let's see the next slide. An organization called the Delphinian Society, it was a national organization that um, was founded in 1910 that promotes uh, education for women, uh, said this, 10 small discussion groups in the community will do more, and this organization is still existing today, 10 small groups in a community will do more to create a new way of life than 100 mass meetings with 1,000 people in attendance at each. And I bear you my witness, I have seen the impact that these little cottage meetings and communities have had in the neighborhood, in the community, in the state, in the nation. And I will share over the course of the 12 weeks, some of the things that these women have done who have met regularly to learn these principles of liberty and freedom, meeting in their communities or or just meeting online. We've been teaching online now for a few years. As these pockets of liberty, I call them small discussion groups, emerge uh, across America, you will see how one woman in one home, one cottage meeting at a time really can heal hearts and homes and communities and heal this land. So I always say, mamas, do not fret. The spirit of America with Georgia as my witness is alive. It thunders in the homes across this nation. There is hope for America and it is the hope that swells in our hearts and it's the vision that we have for a future and it is us. We are the hope of America because liberty begins with us within our four walls of the home. Make no mistake about it. We are in a battle right now. I know you feel that every day when you wake up, when you read the paper, I read the Washington Post every day and I can just see, I just feel it. And that feels like we're losing more battles than we're winning. But God knew, you know, that we were going to lose some battles. But he just wants to know, I say, that we are willing to get on that wall and to fight and to say, okay, Lord, little old me, I don't know what I can do, but here I am, send me. And we're willing to stand up and to push back. I love in the scripture, I was reading the other day in Genesis, how he says, I will be your shield. I will help you overcome. I will be your cover. I will be your protection. And so even though I know we feel like we're battling, we're battling the fiery darts that are penetrating right into our home, onto our children and grandchildren right now that he has us. If you want to put in the chat, I'll ask a few questions throughout our class that you can put uh, maybe some of your feelings if you want in the chat. What are some of the battles that you're experiencing right now that you're fighting for in your home, in your marriage, in your school systems, communities or in your state? Let's see the next slide. Perhaps, uh, Chris Ann Hall says it well, I think she says, perhaps our job is not necessarily to win this fight, but to prepare the ground, to make the soil fertile and to sow the seeds so that liberty may thrive when the battle is done. So what does this look like, mamas? Let's see the next slide. Mary Lyon, she was an American pioneer in women's education. Oh, Mary, I know you'd be happy to know this gathering tonight, she said, You educate the women and the men will be educated. Let the ladies understand the doctrine of seeking the greatest good, of loving neighbor as themselves. Let them indoctrinate. We don't like that word so much anymore, but we'll, we'll give it to her. She was a pioneer in that day. Let them indoctrinate their children in fundamental truth, and we shall have wise legislations. I find one of the best ways for women to be educated is through these cottage meetings. We come and we learn these principles of faith and virtue and patriotism and the proper role of government and and constitutional principles. So as we turn to our first lesson tonight, Anchored in Hope, I want you to remember that if it is important to mama it will be important to everyone in the home if you are anchored in hope so will everyone in your home so will your children and the people in your sphere of influence as you are anchored you will help to anchor them i'd love to recommend a little four-minute video we won't watch it tonight but it's it will be in the resource uh email that you'll get it's entitled hope of america but it talks about that the destroyers of the family and freedom are real, and we know that they are real because they know that the work that we do within the four walls of our home will be the greatest acts of patriotism we will ever perform. So they want to marginal, marginalize mother and discourage us. And so the question would be, well, okay, how do we stay anchored in hope when things are looking kind of heavy as we, you know, are on social media and and the news and our children and our grandchildren are struggling? What does hope look like? How do we cultivate it? What does it feel like? What does a hopeful woman sound like? I think we know the true source of hope is rooted in god now each lesson we will uh, share a few scriptures and it would be great if you want to share them with your children or go back and read and ponder on them but let's see that next slide you will find that my most favorite scripture that i use a lot when it comes to liberty and freedom is second chronicles 7:14. do you know that scripture it is the formula for healing, I believe, in, in these troubling days. It says, uh, if you will pray and seek my face and humble yourself and repent from your wicked ways. And when I think of wicked ways, I think for me, sometimes it's my lazy ways or it's my distracted ways or it's my uninformed ways. If I will repent from these ways, God will heal He will hear our cries and he will heal this land. This is one of my favorite. Let's go back to that uh, Bible verse, those Bible um, verses. This is one of my most favorite uh, verses because when people are despondent and they're running to and fro, there you go. We can quote this scripture. Look, God has said, if we will pray and we'll seek his face, we'll humble ourselves. We'll, We'll turn from whatever has been distracting us and he, he will hear us and he will heal our land and we can take God's promises to the bank. I love Isaiah 61.1 uh, because Christ is quoting that messianic scripture in Isaiah. Um, when he uh, was just coming out of that 40 day fast and he was speaking to his his people in Nazareth, he said, I have come to proclaim liberty to the captives. And I'm sure God knew that we would the natural man is inclined to be in bondage with our appetites or oppression or even governments have, you know, put people in bondage throughout. Let's go back to that slide a little bit till we're finished with those verses. Uh, and so he is about liberty in First Corinthians 9:10. He says, be partakers of the hope. What does hope look like? What what does partake in hope? What what does hope mean? I think it means to me that I'm going to trust. When God says he can do something, he's going to do it. Uh, I'm going to believe that he can heal this land. In 2 Corinthians 3.17, he says, Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Godly worship can only exist in an environment of freedom. So I do believe God cares about governments i always uh, say you cannot have the religious liberties to worship according to the dictates of your own conscience without living in an environment of freedom you you i call it the gospel of freedom in order to live the gospel of, of jesus christ you have to be in an environment of freedom and so the gospel of freedom and the gospel of jesus christ go hand in hand you cannot have one without the other and it says that reminds us of that beautifully in Second Corinthians three seventeen, and then in Galatians five one, he tells us to stand fast in liberty. Can you hear him say, "Hold the line, mamas! Christ has made you free. We've got to be about fighting for this freedom. This He has made us free in, but freedom isn't free, is it? So to speak. What do you like about these Bible verses? Can you see from just these few little verses? how God feels about liberty. I hope these verses fill you with hope and with purpose and with confidence and with strength and vision for a future. Okay, let's see the next slide. Thank you so much, Tressa. You're doing a great job. Hey, I want to recommend this book called Raising the Next Generation of Patriots. Now, I'm always going to recommend books to you because I'm going to help you build your library of freedom, I call it. And that doesn't mean you have to buy every book because I'll be talking about these books all throughout the 12 weeks. So don't feel like you have to go buy half a dozen books after each class. But I would recommend this. This is on our Moms for America store. I think it's $10. It's a small little book, but it talks about stories from history of women and mothers influencing nations and great leaders through their small efforts within the home and their communities. So this first chapter of this book, and it actually has a new, title to or not a new title but a new cover so when you get this book it won't quite look like this cover because we've redone it but the uh, there's a story in the very first chapter of this book sorry i've got a little fly uh, swarming around me here it's drawn to my lights i think let's see the next slide there's the story of a saint patrick have you heard of saint patrick i know we just uh, celebrated saint patty's day a few weeks ago he's a real man and uh, saint patrick came to ireland in 431 a.d and he wanted to convert ireland to christianity but instead of going to the tribal leaders he went to the mamas on the rivers around the campfires because he knew if you can convert the mother he could convert ireland let's see the next slide george washington who i love uh, is one of our great heroes in the home. I love what he said about his mother and how he talks about his mother. There is his mama, Martha um, Ball Washington. He said, she was the most beautiful woman I ever saw. Now, sometimes in uh, some of the books I've read, they were at odds with each other, but he lovingly called his mama Reverend, the Reverend Mother. And he said, all that I am, I owe to her. There's a great story in a book called The Real George Washington. And uh, he talks about, it talks about how his mother, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, her name isn't Martha, it's Mary. I'm thinking of Martha Washington and Martha Jefferson, but Mary Ball Washington, his mama, convinced him not to join the Royal British Navy. Did you know that as a teen, George Washington was going to join the British Navy? He was all set. His bags were packed. And it says that she used earnest solicitations to prevent him from going off. His uh, half-brother, Larry, had joined the British military, and so he wanted to be like his stepbrother. And so I just had to laugh when I read that she used earnest solicitations because uh, I have had to use some strong solicitations with my five children through the years uh, sometimes I've had to rant, and rave, and plead, and beg, and weep, and well. Um, I'm sure you maybe haven't, but unfortunately I've had to be a little earnest with my children. But how the course of America might have been so different if it had not have been for the inspired, earnest solicitation of Mary Ball Washington. Let's see the next slide. Napoleon Bonaparte, he was oh, and there, there. Here's this book called The Real George Washington. It, it's actually a three um, part series. There's a book called The Real Thomas Jefferson, The Real uh, Benjamin Franklin, and the first one is The Real George Washington. Like a third of the book is just the sources quoting stories that you never hear anymore because they're faith stories and faith stories have been taken from the school systems so unless you are knowing where to find stories of these great founders lives they will become lost to this next generation this this rising generation and these books are really easy to read i've read them to all of my children their stories are great so put that maybe on your bucket list the real george washington um Uh, Let's see, Napoleon Bonaparte. He was the French emperor and commander during the French Revolution. I believe that was what 1780. And he said something I thought that was powerful. He said, let France have good mothers and she will have good sons. He knew this great Napoleon knew the influence and the power of a mother in uh, the uh, first chapter of that raising of the next generation. I love this thought. We're told that when God wants to change the world, what does he do? He sends a little baby into a simple home of some obscure mama, and then he puts an idea into that mama's heart, and she puts that idea into the baby's mind, these beautiful teachings of a mother, and then God just waits. The greatest forces in the world are not the earthquakes or the thunderbolts, but they are the babies. As mothers train up and teach their children, they begin to shape their character which ultimately forms nations, it saves nations. Just think what our nation would have been like if, Mar- if George Washington's mama had not um, you know, been successful in persuading her son to stay here in America and not join the British Navy. We are the master gardeners. We are the mother. In Genesis, it tells us about Mother Eve, how she was the mother of all living and we are her daughters. So we have her. Mother Eve's traits within us. Have you ever thought of that? What was she like? I believe she had beautiful creative powers that she brought life and loveliness everywhere she went. She was probably an organizer and encouraged and beautified. Someone once said, I think she probably left a wake of flowers or flowers in her wake. And I think that is in us. That is some of our creative powers. Just think of your mama. How does she shape you? How did your mother mold you into the woman, into the mother, into the grandmother, into the wife that you are today? In the supplemental materials in our uh, lesson today in Anchored in Hope, there's always supplemental materials. There's an article entitled Anchored in Hope. And it tells, let's see that next um, slide. It tells the story of a man in a fishing boat on the Great Mississippi River. And and there's a part of the river that wanders through the city of Minneapolis. And it's where the water travels through a series of rapids and falls. And to accommodate these travelers, there's a lock system that's been built to safely bring the boats. To lower uh, the look, to lower water levels. And there's actually an observation deck that's been built built because people like to watch the locks fill with water, receive the boat, and then drain the water and let it out on the other side. Well, one day, uh, Tammy Holtz, and I know her, she wrote this uh, story. She watched a rescue effort on TV. One day, the observers witnessed something out of the ordinary. A gentleman in the fishing boat had missed the turn for the locks and got caught in the current that was swiftly taking him towards the fall. And the people, watching were terrified, wondering what they could do. And as the boat approached the falls, somehow that boat got lodged between two rocks and it seemed like time was suspended as the boat tilted at a severe angle on the brink of the falls. And the man in that boat was left with a view of the rushing water all around him and of his impending doom as if he were to go over and fears were just raging and everyone could see the panic uh, response that might results in sudden movements in that boat if if they tried to dislodge it, sending it down the fall. So miraculously, there was a helicopter that was brought in and a rescue worker secured himself in a harness in in a cable. And he lowered himself out of the helicopter to the boat to retrieve the man and to lift him to safety. Now to help the man remain calm while all this was going on, somehow got caught uh, on the news at this point to help this man remain calm and understand his role in the rescue effort there were other workers on the side that were involved in talking to him over a loud speaker and they spoke to him uh, of hope and and reassurance as they re- redirected him his thinking from the rushing water uh, that was all about him and and the helicopter and the rescue worker up above so the directions were given with clarity and with optimism and and the man was told to focus on 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 what was happening up above and, and certainly the rescue worker were showing their courage and skill as they carefully got him and lifted him to safety. Now, as I think about that story, it makes me think about living in these times where there's a lot of panic and fear and and anxiety. And we think about our role as mothers and uh, and women and grandmothers, what role do we play in the rescue of our loved ones around us today? Now, we know that hope is uh, clarity and it is optimism and it's confidence and a belief that things are going to turn out for the future events, that they'll be attainable. And it's also hope is a powerful energy force that keeps us moving (laughs) despite You know, the pending doom or obstacles in our way and it it anchors us when the wind of adversity is blowing and it is certainly the antidote for discouragement and despair. Now I know as mamas that we put on a good happy face sometimes, but we are bombarded with fear ourselves and concern for our children and our grandchildren. So how can we speak of solutions and reassurance to redirect our loved ones from this kind of fear and panic and anxiety? What can we do to be that calming influence? when they come to us or, or when in our quiet moments, we're worried. We do four things to stay anchored in hope. And this will be what we talk about the remainder of our class. Let's see that next slide. The first thing we do, mothers, grandmothers, is to look to God not government for our freedoms and or, or for the solutions. We look to God for hope and deliverance and healing. We don't look to Washington, D.C., the president of the United States uh, or or a government program. And then we teach our children to look to God when they need help. We, we take them uh, to the Bible. You know, it's the most natural thing when mama is praying and studying to want to then be praying and and teaching your children as well. Um, you know, the beautiful thing about teaching our children these stories from scripture is that we can teach them the stories and then how it might apply to them when they walk, when they go to school or when they, you know, walk the halls of, of their universities. And, and, and then when they hit a, a, a trials or tribulations that they will know who to go to. Um, and it will be a natural thing for them to do what they have seen mama do. Let's see the next slide. I think I have, um, let me see what I've got here. So uh, this week, the last two weeks, my, my boy, soon to be 25, came home. He was finished with his basketball season and I was just getting ready to send a last little child off to her sister for a week for spring break. And so oh, I was so excited. I was gonna have the house to myself. It only happens like once a year. But he wanted to come home for two weeks and so i said come of course come home sweetheart so even though he was home and i sent the baby off to sister for uh the the spring break i thought i'm still going to put up it was the uh, easter holy week last week i'm still going to put up each day the events that transpired in this holy week with little bible scriptures, even though he's an adult He's 25 years old. He's lived on his own since he was 18. He's been in the NBA. I mean, boy, he he likes to tell me how much experience, life experience he has. And it was interesting on Sunday morning, we talked about that empty tomb there. You see it. uh, Look, I taped all kinds of stuff up in my kitchen. There's Mary Magdalene. And how she was at that tomb, weeping, probably feeling great despair and abandonment. You know, Jesus was gone and the tomb was empty. And I said I taught we we talked about how we have empty two moments in our life when we think God is not there, but sure enough, when she turned and she realized He was in her midst, there she was, and and possibly she had new things to learn that He lives, that He was resurrected, and and so we had this sweet conversation each day as you know He'd be eating breakfast and we talk about the uh, and how we were able to liken it to you know how he might be feeling. He's thinking of making a career change and it's a scary time for him, but he feels this is what he wants to do and there's uncertainty. And so it was easy to liken some of the feelings and emotions of those events of Easter week to, to what he is going through. Let's see the next slide there. And um, it was so cute. So here the baby who's 15 is staying with older sis in Utah uh, for spring break just to keep sister company she's our older sister's 23. so for years let's see the next slide uh during the on Easter morning I would do like little resurrection egg hunt of 12 eggs and there were scripture verses in the eggs that depict events of that holy week and then the last egg was empty symbolic and there was little symbols in each egg you know like a nail or a little white cloth or like uh, breadcrumbs for breaking the the last supper, those kind of things. But the last egg is empty, which represents the empty tomb. He is risen. And so they sent me pictures. This is in Utah. I live in Washington, D.C., H.E.V. Chase, Maryland, uh, of them doing something that I had done for years. And this is how you know that, you know, you will teach your children through scriptures for years and half the time they'll look like, I don't, I don't want to do this. I've got other things I want to do. And you'll think, is it even making any difference? And then they leave for a time or they leave forever. They always come back and visit and you see them repeating things that, that they had seen you do in the home for years. So just know mothers and grandmothers, you oftentimes might not see the fruits of what you're trying to teach your children for years, but they'll go off and on their own, they will make their own little (laughs) resurrection egg hunt. That just made me so happy when they sent me that picture. Okay, let's see the next slide there. Where are we? Okay, number two, four ways to stay anchored in hope. We look to God, not government, for solutions, for healing, and then we teach our children to look to God through prayer and through the word. And then number two, we make quality family time a high priority. I think that's why I felt so strongly about the family devotional we had in the morning, because as the kids got older, sometimes that was the only time we were all together together where I me and my husband could you know read scripture and teach them principles of liberty and and teach them things that would armor them up as they would go off and be gone for eight hours uh, from the home. Let's see the next slide there. And so so this boy, this big adult kid who came home for two weeks, so I try we every day he'd wake up and he'd go, Mom, what are we gonna do today?" And so I took him to yoga. He loves yoga. This was us going to church on Sunday. He's so he likes fashion. So he helped me pick out my Easter bonnet and I helped him pick out his Easter bonnet. Let's see the next slide. Just last night, we went to the Baltimore Orioles baseball game. And as I was sitting next to him, I'm always tell the kids, always tell them what you're doing. Tell them about this class that you're attending and some stories that you're learning or what other moms are saying. So as I'm sitting there and the you know, two, two and a half hours in the ball part I tell him how I teach you know we're teaching children how to pray and he's like oh mom oh yeah I mean I and and I could tell you some really interesting stories he's when he's used prayer uh, at, at different times in his career going up against a low, little low, Bron James or uh, James Harden or you know some of those guys and he's just a little young rookie 19 but he said mom uh, um, let's see the next slide He said, I picked up the, uh, this is our little 15-year-old. So she was home a week that Frankie was home. And he said, I picked her up from school uh, the day before she left. And she was going to audition for the school play. And she was a little nervous. And he took her to school that morning. And they were talking about how she was going to audition for a school play after school. And he said, this is what I told her. He said, sis, we pray in the morning and we pray at night. But he said, I pray all day all throughout the day. And you don't have to be kneeling, you know, uh, by your bedside or a home with family to pray. He said, just before it's your time to audition, you say a quick prayer to God that he will help you do a good job. And so as I'm sitting there in the baseball park last night. He tells me the story of how he admonished his little sister, little 15 year old sister to pray. I thought, okay, this is what the family devotional did through the years is we'd come together and we'd pray every morning and they would hear us praying for each other over their, you know, exams at school or their big basketball games or whatever they might be struggling with. Now they are teaching each other as they go out in the world and and those that they come in contact with. So let's see the next slide. Number three. Oh, and this is just and now uh, I've just got the one little girl for family devotional, typically in the morning, and so she just sits at the the island in the kitchen, and we go through we we say the pledge and we pray and we study a little bit of the new testament come follow me curriculum it's called the new testament and then we go through a five thousand year league principle and we review the headlines of the newspaper and then i go through a little book that my church puts out about christ-like standards called the strength of youth and then i read to her a little few pages from a, a little book uh, that we're reading a, about a fictional story about a boy living during, during the revolutionary war times then we review our little schedule calendar for the day we sing a gospel and 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 then we pray. Now you might go, whoa, that seems like a lot. But we can whip through that in about 12 to 15 minutes. And so um, I've been doing these little devotionals with my kids. They'll say for as long as they can remember. So I don't, I don't care if you've never done a devotional. If you will start doing something, even just reading a little Bible story and praying, even if you just do one of those things, you start it right today. If it is important to you, it will be important to that children. And as you are consistent and they know that, oh, this is a new program you're starting. If you will have the faith it's to have to in a kind of yeah. devotional like that, I bear yeah. you, God will oh, rise have it rise up in your children as they grow and it will help give them a foundation for the time when they have to go out in the world and discern truth from error and be willing to stand on that front line in defending freedom to the rising generation. Okay, let's see the third the next slide. So the third thing we do to stay anchored in hope is we study the constitution from the viewpoint of the founding fathers. We study these miracles of America and these this beautiful constitution that our founding Father said was struck off by the hand of God. The biblical prophet in the Bible, Hosea says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. We can't let this happen. The United States became a great nation by following correct principles. And the only way that we will remain great is if we hold Fast to these principles. And so we gotta know what these principles are so we can perpetuate them. We have to understand there's seven articles in the constitution, there's 27 amendments. What is that about? In lesson number 10, I will teach you about how to break down the constitution to your children, the highlights. But right now, let's see the next slide. We have just started a Healing of America Seminar for Moms for America every Wednesday morning at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. It's a 16 week class. And we just started yesterday, the four week section of the constitution from the viewpoint of the founders and what came after founders so i would really recommend if you haven't signed up all these classes we teach are free sign up now for this healing of america seminar and we really break down the constitution we just started and if you have missed any classes all the classes are recorded online and you can watch any of these missed classes but it is amazing as you begin to revere and understand the Constitution, you'll begin to understand how, you know, it's been misinterpreted, especially with newer amendments that came along in the 1900s after our founding fathers. And, and when we understand what has been harmed or damaged, then we know how to repair and restore it. And also in these Healing of America classes, we learn the great stories and miracles of America and, and um, uh, same, same with the cottage meeting evening classes uh, are, are lesson number seven. It's called America to Share the Story. And you'll learn all kinds of stories as well from our evening classes and our day classes about, uh, you know, these stories that teach your children today. This is what courage looks like. This is what Faith and patriotism looks like, and if you can show them what it looks like in a story, it becomes especially powerful. Let's see that next slide. For years, I had this picture of Mount Vernon hanging over our mantle, and I'd point to it, me or my husband, once a week during our devotional, and we talk about how George Washington longed for his Mount Vernon and the ease of the way. That was his favorite place to be, but for eight years, he... Fought in that frustrating Revolutionary War, and another eight years he served as President of the United States. He was away from Mount Vernon for 16 years, but because he stayed the course and did what God knew, he needed him to do and made all the difference for us today, what uh, George Washington did. And so my kids grew up hearing that story of the sacrifice that George Washington made to leave his beloved Mount Vernon. There was a time about eight years ago, let's see the next slide, when my oldest daughter, Kayla Rose, served a church mission in Iquitos, Peru, right along the Amazon River. And it was such a poor little area. There were no cars, there was muddy roads, and there was lice and dungue fever and you know, chickens in people's houses. And she said, it was so hard. There was so many times she wanted to just come home, but she stayed the course. And she said, mom, it changed my life. She said, I think I did some good for other people, but mostly it changed my life. She would come home and get a job for a company where she travels uh, all throughout Um, Africa, she was just in my home a couple hours ago, and she helps people to understand their identity and to learn their family history, which roots them. And she will say it was that experience that she gained in Iquitos, Peru, that is allowing her to do what she does now as a a career woman. Stories teach our children to be gritty and strong instead of shrinking when things get hard. Uh, Let's see that next slide. In the family devotional, I also take one of these little um, principles, and we just, I have, uh, let's see that next slide, I would have the children read that little devotional, now Marie reads it, or read that principle, and we just talk about that one principle all that whole week, and then I show them the headlines of the newspapers, and and um, I want them to hear first from my mouth what is going on in the world, not from the school teacher or from social media because as we study the principle then we'll go and then we read the headlines and what current events are saying and we'll say is this consistent with what our founding fathers intended for our nation you know to be and so it's important you know a few I don't know probably about eight years ago I started reviewing headlines once the kids got to be teenagers and so that's you know, every year your devotional will evolve as your children grow in age. And I'll I'll tell you about a, a text devotional I do now for our grown children, uh, maybe next week or in a few weeks from now. But anyways, um, we'll talk more about this five thousand year leap over the course of these uh, twelve weeks. And we've actually, uh, Moms for America, we have a, a five thousand year leap leap seminar. It's twelve weeks. It's online. I'll probably teach it live this. Uh, next, or this fall, but um, let's see the next slide. Okay, so let's just recap. How do we stay anchored in hope? We look to God, not government, for uh, healing and solutions. We make family time a high priority. We study the constitution from the viewpoint of the founding fathers, and I have to salute you because you're here today, and this is what we'll be doing together. If you are doing those three things, then you will know what to do, the fourth thing, and that is to do something. All right. God will put into your heart, what can I do to to be a part of the solution? Should I uh, start a cottage meeting? Should I join the online cottage meeting? You're already doing this, really. Should I run for office? Should I support a good candidate? Should I testify before a school board? Should I attend a city council? Should I just begin to start praying with my children? Should I start a family devotional? That kind of thing. As you ask God what what it is that you should do. He will put it on your heart. Um, Let's see the next slide. A few weeks ago, one of our mamas um, that have been studying with us, her name is Tyler Atta, and she is a young mother. I think her little children are ages four, maybe three or four, two, and then a little newborn, maybe six, eight months old. But she has been uh, taking the cottage meetings online, and she has them in her home, and she Uh, is doing such great things in her community and for her state, but she said God put on her heart to, they had a little extra space in their room, a little extra furniture, and so they made a special little devotional room, and this is, next picture, um, Tyler, I want you to send me a little picture of you with your kitties. But so they they have this little special dedicated space in their home to have their little devotional. Let's go back to the, the, that slide with the little books if we can. And then she sent me pictures of what they're studying because she has little children. Um, Let's go back to, yes, okay, then let's... Okay, let's advance forward. Okay, so these are the little books that she has been reading to her children. Little children, a preschool Bible is probably exactly their speed. Sorry, Tyler, I didn't ask for your permission, but I thought it was so cute. And then they take their little children to some beautiful historical sites on the East Coast. She lives in Virginia. I think this is... Uh, Fort McHenry in Baltimore. How beautiful to take your children to these sacred, significant, um, historical spots so they can feel the spirit. Even if they don't know quite what happened there, you know, you can talk about the Star Spangled Banner, but just to get in the habit of taking your children to these these, um, significant spaces. And then let's see the next slide. And then she sent me a picture of she, how she keeps a little journal of each day, of what they do in their home, and what they read, and she's teaching her children uh, a, a little a rule of civility from Georgia Washington's book, and it was so funny how <laughs> she does that. But I, it just, I thought a mother who is trying with all her heart to shore up her children, like the way this beautiful mother is, don't you know God is going to run to the aid of that mother and lay a foundation within that child. And so when that child gets older and leaves the home, that foundation will be real in that child's life. And even if that child comes back sometimes saying crazy things, something they might've learned in the university, you just stay the course with them, you're patient. I saw my kids sometimes would come back uh, for spring or for, you know summer for the beach or whatnot, spouting some something that their university teacher had taught them that they just knew was right and I knew was not right. And instead of ranting and raving and fighting, I just continued you know, to be consistent and teach them the word. And sure enough, those kids are patriotic kids, all of those kids are, but that doesn't mean they'll veer off from time to time and maybe for years, but we lay the foundation. We do the best that we can, just like this beautiful mama is doing. And we trust that it will be enough for our children, that they will be able to discern truth from error. Okay, let's move on. We are running, coming to the end here. And I always have just a little bit more. This is the president of Moms for America. And this is her husband. Her husband was in the Pentagon, in 9-11. And that's when she really woke up and realized freedom is not free. And if I want my children to live in a kind of a nation of freedom and liberty that I have, I've got to do some things differently. And so she tried, you know, getting involved with Fox News and a program and with legislators and volunteered for campaigns and all that was good. But she realized that the greatest place that she would have the greatest impact was her home. And so she came full circle and realizing that liberty is homegrown and not enough people are growing it, that we have outsourced this love of liberty and freedom to the schools and the universities and to the internet. Liberty doesn't begin in Congress, it begins at home. And everything outside of our home is a resource for the family but it is not a replacement. Winston Churchill, the great Winston Churchill, let's see that slide, said, there is no doubt that it is around the family and the home that all the greatest virtues, the most dominating virtues of human society are created, strengthened, and contained. And uh, uh, and so Kimberly realized this and uh, she, she formed Moms for America 19 years ago in 2004, understanding that the greatest impact that she could have on a nation would be within her home and our last slide tonight it said it's been said that light must come from inside you cannot ask the darkness to leave you must turn on the light and that is our our final question to ponder tonight how are we going to turn on our lights and let our lights shine bright in our home and for those around us how are we going to be anchors how are you now being anchors in your home being anchors of hope in your home this concludes our first lesson uh, of our 12-week series typically I just want you to know that we have filmed, professionally filmed these 12 classes as a means to help mamas if they wanted to have cottage meetings in their home. And then all the lessons are about 20 to 30 minutes. And then afterwards, let's see that next slide. We have uh, questions that you can discuss in, amongst the mamas in your home, facilitate discussion. Or you can just go ahead and teach the classes if you want, or just keep hopping online and, and go through all the 12 series classes. I always recommend online first, and then know that we have these videos that would help if you wanted to start cottage meetings in your neighborhood, or you could just teach out the Purple Manual. But these would be some of the questions uh, that I've kind of put forth in our lesson tonight, and that you can discuss in your home. And, and we can discuss one or two, or, or if there's any, Uh, question here that you want to discuss now come off uh, off mute and we can discuss but here they are what are the battles you're fighting in your home schools why is hope such a powerful attribute to cultivate what are uh, uh, some of the things you liked about those bible verses that we discussed what influence has your mama had on you what role uh, do we play in the rescue of our loved ones and how can we be a light in the dark and anchor in our home And so um, those are the questions, you know, that we've kind of put forth in our lesson tonight. And so I'm going to, at this point, turn the time over to Z for a few little announcements. And then we can, uh, please come off mute. You can uh, answer any of those questions, uh, how we can have any discussions. You can ask questions, you can share something you're struggling with and we can see if we can, you know, pull pull our, our, our experience and our inspiration and help one another. So see dear- you